I'm going to be talking over the next couple of weeks about a series called Invisible. And there's a lot of reasons for invisibility. And, you know, today is a special Sunday and we're going to be talking more about the race than invisible. But this actually could have went in the invisible series because sometimes this generation feels they're invisible to those that have walked before them. They do it differently. They have uh, a different cadence and, and sometimes uh, we fall prey. And I'm going to write in the middle of this sermon, I hope that you join me in a particular part of it, that repents for the words that I've said uh, concerning those that do things differently than me. But more often than not, we get a chance to see through Scripture what God is trying to tell us in the present moment that allows our future to look bright and that we can look past today and say, you know what, we saw four young men and women today on June 2nd, 2019, stand before their church family. But God sees all the way into their adulthood, all the way into every aspect of their life and is already there making way and opening up doors that they just haven't got to yet. So would you join me in Scripture today in Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to read verses 1 and 2, and you could read them on the screens if you don't have your Bibles in front of you. And the Bible reads this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the, for the a joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray. Father, today I ask you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to allow me to speak with effectiveness and with passion. Allow the power of your word to touch people's lives and supernaturally provide a transformation that is life-changing. And I give you the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I am under the belief that the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Now, I can't say that for a certainty because the author of the book of Hebrews is anonymous or unknown. He didn't sign the bottom of it and say, you know, this is a letter from Paul. But what we find is evidence in when we look and compare Hebrews to different letters that Paul wrote, there's a, a trend when you are a communicator. You seem to go to your go-to analogies or your go-to stories. It, those of you that have been with me now for 17 years, you know that my mom got healed of multiple sclerosis on a Sunday, confined to a wheelchair, blind in one eye, couldn't move her right arm or right leg, and you know that a lady from the balcony come forward, slipped a little Bible under her foot, prayed a simple prayer that nobody could really hear but my mom and her and the next thing you know my mom was running up and down stairs and she's never been confined to that wheelchair ever again. She's never lost sight in her eye ever again and she remains with strength in her right arm and right leg. You guys know that because that's one of my go-to stories. Man, you can preach that anywhere. Who doesn't get excited about somebody in a wheelchair getting up, man? That's, that's great. But did you know that this text gives us an example of a race? 
But it's not the first time that a race has been used in this document as an analogy. It's not the first time that we see that it's important to run your portion of the race. Listen to what Paul says to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you not know that in the race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath but we an imperishable so I do not run aimlessly I do not box as one beating the air but I discipline my body and keep it under control lest after preaching to others I myself should become disqualified He not only stops there with a race, but he goes even further. He's not writing this letter to a church. He's writing this letter to a son. Timothy has had evidently something happen in his life where there is an absence of a father figure. And Paul takes Timothy as a mentor and a spiritual father. And he starts to mentor young men like Timothy and Titus. And he writes a letter to Timothy at the end of his life. And again, he uses the analogy of a race. 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the face henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day and not only to me but also all who have loved His appearance. See, I don't think it's hard for us to take this document and to say, you know what, I believe that it's important for each and every one of us to see through Scripture that God has you a part of a race and He has an opportunity and you possess the responsibility of choosing to run. And now I have to ask you, will you run? Are you going to run like you're going to win? Are you going to run with a purpose? See, a lot of times, if you would have interviewed me and, and three of the four got interviewed, the fourth one will get interviewed this week. But you know what? If I would have had, if my church would have been cool enough at that time to interview me when I graduated high school, you know what I would have said when they said, what do you see in five years? Like they asked these kids, I'd have said, I see me surfing Costa Rica. I see me being a golf professional when I'm not surfing and traveling the world and playing professional golf for a living. I would have seen all of those things <coughs> that seem so irresponsible. But can you remember, will you, can I invite you back to a moment? Will you go with me to a moment when you graduated and remember the dreams before you got responsibilities? Remember the things that you thought you could do? When it was just a dream and you thought you could do everything and you could be anything that you wanted. And then sometimes, you know, we grow up too fast because there's power when you start to understand that you believe that you can do anything because the world is your oyster and you can go out there and be or do anything you want. Do you realize that that's not a mantra from the world? It's a mantra from Scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Amen. Before we got tangled with responsibilities that put together things. And I know that we have to mature. And I know, but wouldn't you like to take the maturity in which you possess now and mash it together with the dreams and the zeal of that graduating senior? See, most of us, they would have asked me the second question in that interview. They would have said, well, 
how much, you know, do you want to make a million dollars? And at 18, I probably would have said yes. At 51, I would say no. Not that I don't want to. And if any of you ever have a spare million, just let me know if you don't have anything to do with it. But if I have a choice of being a millionaire or living life with purpose and making a difference, I'll choose the second rather than the first. Because do you know how quickly we forget millionaires? They die sometimes and sometimes even go unnoticed. Remember all those stories you've read in the local newspaper about the little widow that lives in this poor apartment and then she dies and they find out she was a millionaire? See, sometimes even millionaires go without any fanfare. But the world never forgets somebody that makes a difference. The world will never forget the Apostle Paul, never forget the Apostle Peter, never forget the 12 men that that took responsibility. See, not only are we running a race of faith, but this race that we're running in Scripture, if you look very closely, it's a relay. And that's important for us to understand because a relay means that you have a portion designated for you to be the runner. And then after that portion, you're to pass the baton off to somebody else. That's challenging for us sometimes because sometimes we don't understand and we don't prepare to pass the baton off to someone else. And this isn't something that I'm creating. It's something that Scripture gives us definite evidence of. Jesus, when He was in His earthly ministry, spent three and a half years on this earth in the form of flesh. He did all He could do. He he preached. He healed. He provided food for the hungry. He did all kinds of things and then took the baton and handed it to 12 men which become 120 and that 120 become 1,000 and that 1,000 become 3,000 and that 3,000 become who we are today. The Apostle Paul looked at his life and and the book that we just read, he said, hey man, I I see the finish line, Timothy. I see the finish line and I can't wait to get there and I, I can't wait to receive that crown. And not just me, because he gives you an example. And I'm telling each and every one of you graduates, don't run to run, run to win. I know that, and and this is the only negative thing I'm going to say about your generation today. The only thing. And then we're going to move into the positive. Somehow or another, in between my generation and your generation, we we quit keeping score. So now everybody wins. Okay? Everybody doesn't win. You'll find that in life, that you've got to take this baton and run it with a purpose because the enemy wants to defeat you. He wants to win, but we know the truth. At the back of this book, at the end, God uses people like me and uses people like you, and we win at the end. Can you say amen? But running the race and handing off the baton sometimes is one of the most confusing places in life. And it's where I am today. At 51, I see the end of my race ahead of me. And I see the opportunity to pass the baton to people like you. 
And all of a sudden, sometimes when we exchange this baton, it's one of the most confusing things because there's confusion on your part, the one receiving the baton, and there's one confusion on, my, on people like me on my part that are handing the baton away. Because in that section of the race where you transfer the baton, it's called the exchange zone, one of the most important parts of a relay race. Pastor Alex is going to share in just a minute the importance of that transfer. But do you know that what, let me just show you what it looks like. Miss Meredith, will you play those videos? This is what it looks like when a runner is transferring the baton. Now that's two young men passing the baton. And now you're going to see two young ladies pass the baton, I believe. Same type of event, same motion, and they keep running. See, what happens when we are passing the baton, and the reason it can be misunderstood is because the person that has the baton sometimes can get confused that I'm finished or I'm being replaced. Did you notice that in that video when they were about to pass the baton, when they got in that exchange zone, there was a mark on the track. And once the runner with the baton got to that mark, it cued the one that was receiving the, the baton before they ever touched their hands to it. They were allowed to start running to get up to speed. And sometimes when the generation that is coming after us is trying to get up to speed, we think that they're running out prematurely because we haven't handed them the baton. Do you know there's not a relay team in the world that could win a world-class relay race if the person receiving the baton stood still until they got it? So what we see in confusion sometimes is men and women like you that have started running and we're going, oh, wait a minute, I still got the baton. You shouldn't run yet. Yes, you should. You should start running to get up to speed so there's a clear and smooth transfer of responsibility from one generation to the next. Now, here's where I've got to repent. And I, I said, that one negative thing to say all of these positive things forgive my generation because what we don't understand we criticize when it's done differently when it comes in a package that we don't understand that may be a little bit better and a little bit smoother do you realize that it would have taken me a week at 18 years to talk to 30 people in the matter of 15 minutes, this generation can take their phone and reach thousands. They can post something on social media. They can preach the gospel on YouTube. And it can go global, viral in a matter of minutes. But sometimes we don't understand and what we don't understand we criticize. We criticize their way, their dress, their language, their phone. You know how many times, forgive me, for looking at your generation in their skinny jeans and saying, man, those are girl jeans in my generation. <laughs> and then I took it a step further. I said, now they sell boots that are sold the same boot, both to men and women. And they can wear them together as a couple. <laughs> and it gets laughs, but it discourages you. 
Because many times over the last six weeks we have been making a transfer of baton in first service and allowing those that have been on this campus and been a part of something that has been happening for 125 years. And when the trans, when the kids started running, they didn't understand. And they thought, oh my goodness, I'm getting replaced and I'm still wanting to run. And I, I still have a job to do. You sure do. But what we see up here on the stage is we see tattoos. I wrote it this way. The next generation, we see their tattoos and electric guitars and drums. And we don't see a generation of righteous men and women. We, we look at the way that they're doing and we criticize it because it's different than ours. Oh, look at them there. They have to hype it up. It's like rock music. What we need is change that allows our words to stay the same about Jesus but to be preached to ears that are ready to hear in the 21st century and it's going to come through young men and women like you that are going to do it differently. What you don't see behind the guy with tattoos and piercings and his guitar, what you don't see behind the guy playing the drums or or you see with Pastor Alex playing the keyboard, is up here on this stage today, 99.9% .9 of everybody with a microphone or playing an instrument was under 35 years of age. And Pastor Gray gave us a statistic that said 9 out of 10 graduating seniors will leave the church and never come back. I'm here to tell you that CityGate is standing up and we're looking and seeing the value of young men and women that are going to walk out their faith differently than us. Where you're ripping up shirts, wear your, wear your skinny jeans, wear your boots that fit anybody and everybody, wear them but preach the gospel. I will no longer look and judge a man. See, oh man, I, I, I'm going to get to you. Hang loose here. See, we have stopped judging people by the color of their skin for the most part because we had a man say that the character of a man is not defined by their outward appearance. Well, let's go past the color of skin. It's not in the hair, color of their hair or whether it's spiked or whether they color it gray now or whether it's in ripped jeans or messed up t-shirts. It is in the character of the anointing that is inside of them. And for you that is passing the baton, the Bible tells you, do not take a breath thinking you're through. Because what we do sometimes, and we do you a disservice, is we want to pass you the baton and say, now it's yours, God bless, go, go do it. No, the Bible in Hebrews chapter 12 says not only is it our responsibility to hand you the baton, but it's our responsibility now to become a great cloud of witnesses. There's not a relay team in the world that thinks they've won the race because they won their leg. They're part of running. They stand there and they look at their teammate run and with cheering them on as they go, with encouraging words and shouting to them from a distance saying, run, man, run, or run, dear, run. Do what you do best. And here's the thing. You always put your best runners at the end of the race. Because you could overcome some deficits with a good strong runner. And I was called to run before you. So that means that you're called to have a greater anointing and to run faster and to do more than my generation was ever thought to do. I've become a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering you on. And now I get the privilege of passing this baton off 
to a man that I have become a father. He has a great dad, so he didn't need a dad, but I become like a father figure to him, and he's allowed me to mentor him through the years, and I get the privilege now of passing the baton to preach the rest of this message, and I want you to put your hands together for a great man, a great father, a great husband, a great preacher, and the best youth pastor in all of Southwest Florida. Put your hands together and welcome Pastor Alex Reality. Thank you. It's a cool illustration or metaphor, and um, I'd like to set up the backdrop of it a little bit because uh, I heard a story that was inspired this message from Christine Kane, who writes in a book called Unstoppable. I recommend it. But um, she talked about her experience with the Olympics. She loved the Olympics, and she went to the 2000 Olympics. And uh, she got to see the women's relay race, right? So she said she came in expecting the, the USA women's team to take it. They were the champs in 96, and, and she's going, they're that good. They're going to repeat. And she, she describes watching the race, being there, that she saw that they struggled to pass the baton in the exchange zone. Now, they got it off, but it shaved just like milliseconds off. And it cost them the race. They ended up winning bronze. Now, what's amazing is the, the amount of time that they were behind from first place was 0.25 seconds. Not even one second. 0.25 seconds, they went from first to third. So there's actually somebody in between that quarter of a second. Pretty amazing. So she says, I expected four years later when they come to uh, claim the victory in 2004 that they were going to make up for lost time. But you know what? They struggled to get it off in the exchange zone, and they passed the baton outside the exchange zone, and they actually got disqualified, immediately disqualified for not passing the baton inside the exchange zone. So in 2008, she is hyped. She is, she is looking for Team USA, the women's team. This time, they're going to get it. They're going to conquer it. They're going to figure this thing out. But again, they struggle the, in the exchange zone in the semifinals. They dropped the baton, and they lost. They were immediately disqualified. They didn't even get to make the finals. Of course, in 2012, they won gold. But wow, what a, what a story to struggle in the exchange zone. And that's part of... The illustration today, the exchange zone, but sometimes, like, I, I thought about this, like, what is this moment? You know, like, this is only a moment where we're going to honor you and, and, and like, everybody's gathering around you as graduates right now, and, and, and they're just celebrating you, and, and they're just congratulating you and telling you, be all that you can be and dream and all of that, but what good is a moment if it doesn't turn into momentum? You have to catch this moment in stride. You have to be ready to take it because from here, you got to get ready to fly. You got to get ready to run your race. Take it seriously. This, this is a moment. And, and I think of youth ministry sometimes being like that exchange zone because if, if this race is a life of faith and the exchange zone is a season of change, then this, this season is something you have to take seriously. And, and I, I think of it, and I think, like, yeah, in youth ministry, like, we're, we're a big exchange zone. You know, like, we want to get them ready for their race. But then I started to think further and go, you know what? It's not just the four years or whatever years. Like, there's always change happening in youth ministry. Like, every so many years, they, they grow up and they move out. And you got you to let them go. Like, you can't keep them as a kid. You have to encourage them. But then I thought furthermore that, that I am an exchange zone. 
Like, I wanted to, like, take it really personal as a responsibility because I'm a millennial, and um, this is what, if you don't know, there's Gen Y, that would be a millennial, and then there's Gen Z, the ones after me, that they would classify with Gen Z. Now, as a millennial, I, I've gotten to grow up, and I've gotten to see some things. No, I haven't seen what you saw, but hear me out. Um, I was around in the 90s when we had a computer to dial up the internet. Jinkin', jinkin', jinkin' whatever sound effect AOL would make, okay? I, I saw how we went from cell phones to smartphones, and now they have internet that's faster than what we dialed up to in their pocket. So I understand this generation a little bit, but I also understand a generation before me that values things a little differently. And, and I think that they deserve a lot of respect for going before us and surviving without the things of convenience that we have. So I'm in a weird place of being in the middle where I get to stand and look at two sides. I see the wisdom of the generation that went before us, and then I see the energy and the passion of the generation that's coming. And I have a big responsibility, as do many of us, to make sure that we honor each other's sides and not create a divide. This, the church is supposed to be a place like an exchange zone of connection. Where it doesn't matter your background, it doesn't matter your ethnicity. Look, you could be young, old, you could be rich, poor, you could be black, white, you could side with red or blue, you can be male or female. Let's love people with such a connection that knows no boundaries. The church should be an exchange zone. And that's not the only part of the illustration today because I believe that if the life, your life is a, it's a race, the life of faith and you know, the, the exchange zones, a season of change. And then, you know, what is this that we're carrying? What is the baton? Well, to me, I think that the baton is something that lasts throughout because though the style changes, you know, uh, pastor is making fun of my generation. I'm going to give him a, a shout out because I've seen pictures of him with his cut off t-shirt showing his belly. <laughs> I guess that was cool <laughs> when you were younger. My generation ain't doing that. Now the women, they wear that. Okay. I got them back. I got them back. But there's got to be something that lasts throughout the ages, and I think that the baton should be the gospel of power, the gospel of love, the gospel of grace, the hope that is an anchor for our soul, that no matter what happens, no matter what waves come our way, we got something we're holding on to that may be holding on to us that we carry as a big responsibility, we take this thing seriously. And I can tell you that one of the graduates this week texted me a video of a Christian defending his faith to an atheist and, and told me I, I learned some things off this video. I, it was unprompted. I wasn't asking him what, where he is with his faith. He just sent me a YouTube video. And I feel like this generation is dangerous on YouTube. Like they could really do some damage on YouTube. They could go viral and they can reach people that you wouldn't reach in person through a video. They're going to preach the gospel. They're going to defend their faith. And I'm proud of that. Amen. And you got to hold this thing seriously. It's a big responsibility, but it also takes the place of other things. It's heavy enough to take the place of your hand that you don't pick up something else in its place. Because read Hebrews 12 again. Hebrews 12 says this coming. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sing sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. 
looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I love the illustration. I can't read Hebrews 12 without thinking about it because it says, run the race, and it says, and be careful not to carry the weight and sin that clings so closely. Now, to me, sin would be a chain, right? Like, you don't want, things are bad. You don't want to carry those in your life. Sin is bad. You know, drugs are bad, okay? Okay. So, like, these are the chains represented in sin, but what is the weight that it refers to? I think there's some things that you can pick up in the race that's not the baton at all. You can pick up stuff from a prior generation that's not right, right? And you can pick up stuff that slows down your race. And the author of Hebrews is saying, be careful because this will slow you down. This will mess with your endurance. And there's some of us that put on the weight of shame because of the things of the past. There's some of us that are carrying bitterness from years ago. There's some of us that are carrying pride because of our status or what we have. And we're looking down at other people. There's some of us that are carrying insecurities and fear and discouragement and it's slowing down your race and it's messing with your endurance and you don't know what's wrong with you but you feel off. Your stride's off. And I feel like the the message today is not just for a graduate but to somebody who's trying to run and carry some things and it's slowing you down. The message today is for you to put down some weights and some things that are unnecessary that God never told you to pick up. There's some things that you need to let go of because God has a race for you to run. Amen? What you are carrying, what you are carrying matters. What you are carrying matters. But then it's not only about a baton because this is an illustration. But what Hebrews 12 says is so important. It says, looking to Jesus, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. There's somebody else to pass the baton to. He's the finisher. You know you saved the best runner for life. He's the author. He's the finisher. He's the first and the last. Though he started something, he passed something, he's going to grab hold of it again. So it doesn't matter how sloppy or messy we feel. Ladies and gentlemen, the Lord is not shy. He is not going to let the race fail. You don't need to be discouraged. You need to fix your eyes on him. You need to stay focused in the race because if you keep your eyes ahead towards the prize and the purpose of this thing, then you won't be looking back behind to the glory days. And when you used to have it and if you could go back in time and fix what was and what went wrong in that moment stop looking behind you the race is ahead of you it's time for us to get ready to run a race for a joy with a passion not out of obligation but to run with endurance for for a prize and a purpose of life that goes beyond social status because you might get the things in your bank account you might get social status but it doesn't fulfill the inside of you You need to fix your eyes on something that's eternal. I just think of Paul right in Philippians 3, and he says, every other thing I cast off, I throw off. Every other thing I put behind me, just this one thing that I keep pressing towards, there's a prize that I'm running for. There's a goal in mind. There's something that gives my life purpose and meaning when I'm discouraged. There's something that I have endurance for. There's something that I'm driven by, and it's no, 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 no. It's not the things of this world. It's something that's going to last forever.
And I have a great honor of sharing a platform with my pastor today. And let me tell you this. After I graduated high school, the next year of my life, I, I turned to all the wrong things. And I was drug addicted. In 2005 is when I ended up coming to a church. Somebody invited me. And Pastor David was preaching the gospel. Just waving a baton. And I remember those words hitting me so hard and my life was beginning to change and I came out of the old me and I became a new me. Now, years later, I get to share a platform with the guy that was responsible for why I'm even here. It's a great honor to me and it's a special moment. So I hope that you enjoy this moment. As one quote read it is like, you know, in this moment, take your time, take some pictures, but then when it's over, get ready to take on the world. And my message to you is what I believe all of us need to hear today is to run this race with endurance and fix your eyes on the prize. Amen. Passing the baton, cheering the one getting it. You know what keeps Pastor Alex moving forward in moments of discouragement and frustration when he's ready to quit, he hears me cheering him. He hears that voice of somebody from his past saying, you can do it, keep running. One day one of you may stand on this platform and preach with him, passing a baton back and forth. You don't ever have to be, uh, there, there's a great line in one of the movies that are out right now. Um, it, it's a real classic. It's about wrestling. And the, the Rock tells the person that was going into wrestling, says she was trying to uh, compliment him and said, I want to be, be the second Rock. He said, instead of being the second me, why don't you be the first you? Take the cheers of an older man that's learned from mistakes that would judge a generation by what they wore, forgetting that I was upset with somebody judging what I wore. <laughs> Criticizing. <laughs> Just for spite, I'm gonna go on a diet and wear a cut-off shirt next year. <laughs> Criticizing what I didn't understand. And what I felt was passing me by. See, somebody out here, you may not be up in the front today as a, as a high school graduate, but as Pastor Alex said, David, if you will get ready to lead us in a moment of worship. Maybe it's a weight that you need to take off today. Maybe it's something that you need to do to start your running of faith, start your race of faith and want to know that you're going to finish that race and Jesus is the author and the finisher. Some of you need a miracle. Some of you need a prayer request answered. Some of you need absolutely God to come on the scene and restore. What's going to keep you, I hope, is you remembering the, some of these words when you, are, you find yourself one day and you're going to be married and you're going to want to give up. I hope you hear the words of an older pastor say, hey, stay, work it out. Maybe you're going to want to quit a job because somebody did something that was wrong, but you're going to 
show a grace and the love of God that goes past a transgression. Because you're going to run the race long enough to become the offended and the offender. You're going to be the one that is offended by someone else and sometimes you're going to be the one that offends. And so you need forgiveness as well as others. You need grace as well as I do. After 51 years, about to be 52, I found out in all 52 years I wasn't, I wasn't perfect. And you're going to find out you probably aren't either. But God doesn't care about your perfection. He cares about the endurance and the perseverance of just staying in the race and keeping on running. A lot of times, I'm going to ask, if you'll get back on your little X's for a moment. I'm going to let you see something that I get to see on a weekly basis. I want every head bowed and every eye closed except for mine and the graduates. Maybe you're here today and you don't really know the Lord and didn't realize this was a graduation Sunday, but God has you strategically placed not only to hear the gospel and to begin your race today, but if you have the courage to stick your hand up today, a, a graduate may see a man or a woman letting God transform their life and they may fall in love with that transformational process and allow them to become the woman and the man of God that God's created them to be to carry the gospel wherever they go. So if you're here and you say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm saved or I need to get saved, I know that for sure, and I'd like to honor these graduates and honor the Lord by setting aside a Sunday where I'm going to get the baton and I'm going to start my race. Would you just simply do that by raising your hand? I see that hand. Yes, three now. Any others? I see the one in the balcony. Thank you. Four. Thank you for those hands. Any others before we pray? Now, guys, you saw those hands go up, and those represent a life that is coming alive. The Bible says an old creation is becoming a new creation. Sins are being passed away as far as the east is from the west. When that person leaves this building today, they are no longer outside uh, of the family of God. They are now inside the family of God and have an internal relationship with Jesus. Can you imagine what it's like to feel your sins melt away? Four or five people today are going to feel that as we pray. Let's pray for them right now. Father, I thank you for a moment where four or five people raise their hand and at that very moment their act of faith and their responsibility has been engaged. The Holy Spirit is now handing them a baton and they are starting their run, running their race of faith and they are going to be just like the Apostle Paul. They're going to finish their race and they're going to hear you say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou have been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Let those hands that were raised and the trans transformational process that is going on right now with the power of the gospel reaching the lost and transforming the lost into someone that is found to going from a sinner to a saint all because of grace and love and the power of the blood of Jesus 
Let that be etched in their souls forever. And I give you the praise and honor and the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said...